So Peter, I got uh, a, a bit of a fun question for you. So if you could be in a band, what instrument would you play? Uh, I would be guitar, undoubtedly. Really? How how come? I I just like bathing in heavy, disgusting distortion, and I want other people to feel that pain and beauty simultaneously. <laughs> how about you? Uh, I think I'm I'm probably more of, more of a drummer at heart. Like I I really love um the just kind of like subtle but super important role that drums play, and just like really like interesting rhythms and like you know playing around with like different yeah cool stuff like that so i'm a big fan of drums yeah sounds like uh you like your brother as well you guys both like that (laughs) it's only one problem though what's that (laughs) neither of us have a shred of musical talent oh yeah yeah i guess you're right yeah we should probably just stick to bitching and moaning about other people's life's work instead Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Play Button. I am Peter, and I'm here with my co-host, Kevin. Hello. We have a uh, quite a lineup of uh, pop for Kevin to to swim through today and, and dive into. I'm sure he's very excited about it. So excited. Um, we have the new Sam Smith album, Love Goes, uh, the new Ariana Grande album, Positions, and we're also going to cover the 10 Tricks Point Never album, Magic. 10 tricks point never. It's a great lineup. Let's get right into it. So, we're going to start with the new Sam Smith album, Love Goes. Uh, they're a London singer and songwriter. Uh, to be honest, Sam Smith has never really been on my personal radar. Uh, I think their music uh, feels a bit derivative a lot of times, almost like a male version of Adele um, with uh, with a lot more swooning and high registers over piano songs about heartbreak. Uh, I was going to ask Kevin before we get into it, though, uh, do you like albums that are about breakups and heartbreak and jealousy? Yeah, so I think the the, the tricky thing with that is that I feel that the vast, vast majority of music in general, uh, regardless of genre, deals with those themes anyways. So it's something that's just already been done, and it's already been done especially in pop music. So I feel like when I'm approaching something like this, I really am looking for the music to bring something new to the table, either in lyrics and themes or in the actual sound of the music. And unfortunately, when I'm listening to Sam Smith, this is my first exposure to Sam Smith. Um, I knew that they were popular, but I never really it it wasn't really in um, in my sphere. So uh, my first experience, not not really too impressed. I didn't really see anything that jumped out at me, Um, you know, just off the bat, the first song, Young. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the OC much, but there's that really famous uh, scene um, where um, I think Marissa kills uh, Ryan's brother, and it has that that famous uh, mm, "What You Say" song, and that's exactly what that song reminded me of, and it just made me it, it made me laugh 
<laughs> just to start, which is probably not the best way for me to, um, you know, get into an album. I never, I never would have guessed uh, an OC reference coming out of Kevin's mouth <laughs> this music review. That's 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 a new thing. I was. You never know. You never know what's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, I think my biggest problem was that every song really sounded the same. Did did you get that vibe too? It definitely felt a little formulaic, especially in the later stages. And then yeah. the deluxe version on top of that, oh my god. god. Just a lot of phoned-in uh, features, like the song Promises with Calvin Harris. So phoned-in on both parties. Yeah. Um, just a lot of songs about the same topic over and over. Um, yeah. Any particular songs you hated? Uh, I, I really, I think, really started to check out uh, towards that latter stage of the album. I think there's four songs in a row that are just piano ballads that are literally all about the same thing and it's just about heartbreak and you know the song's called for the lover i lost that i lost then the next song is called breaking hearts then the next song is called forgive myself i i just don't really it's just very boring to me and another issue that i had with this album on the whole was just the production and i thought the production was very very bland in that um the the vocals so sam smith's vocals were so high in the mix and so forward that there was really nothing else going on behind it and i don't know like when i'm listening to music i want to hear it as a cohesive product they have a great voice and it's very powerful but it's just you know i'm not going to listen to an album of just guitar solos for an hour and that's what I feel like when you have such a vocal heavy album. And I know it's very common in pop, but it's just not really what I'm looking for. Yeah, they definitely overdo it on the piano ballads for this. Uh, it, it's fine when they lead with another one, um, which is the third song on mm-hmm. the album. It's a very catchy, chill Trop House song, and I, I kind of liked it. And uh, And as a ballad, it works pretty well. Um, but once you get to like the fifth or sixth rendition of that, then I, I start to lose interest in what's happening. Yeah. I will say we've been throwing tomatoes a lot at this album. Uh, I think though, personally, I like the song young. I actually think that the first three song stretch of this album was, uh, very strong music, mm. believe it or not. And if it could have just kept the momentum after that third song, instead of taking a tumble in quality mm-hmm. and then that lasting for through the rest of it. Um, I think it could have actually been something, but yeah, I liked Young a lot, believe it or not. I thought even if it's just his voice with a vocoder echoey thing happening, Mm -hmm. um, it's a ballsy move to start an album like that. Uh, but I feel a lot of passion in his lyrics there and it becomes a bit of an anthem, you know, towards the end of the track feels like, you know, just young people who don't feel like conforming to society standards. That's what the song is about. I kind of, I kind of liked it. And Diamonds is a really strong lead single as well. Maybe the only single or song from them that I've ever probably been crazy about. Oh, okay. With a nice funky groove. Um, I mentioned I wasn't a huge fan of Sam Smith, but that song, that song I'm, I'm pretty crazy about. And then I mentioned another one as well as a good ballad. But yeah, it, uh, it, it jumps off the deep end after that and just never really recovers. Moving on to our next album, we have the experimental electronic 
musician Wonotrix Point Never with his, I guess you could maybe call it a self-titled album. It's his ninth studio album, Magic Wonotrix Point Never. Uh, the name is super weird and it doesn't make sense, but uh, what it is is um, uh, he actually named uh, his music after a radio station in Boston called Magic 106.7. And that's where the name One O Tricks Point Never comes from. It's just a play off of that. And the title Magic One O Tricks Point Never is just another reference to that. And um, his music is very, very experimental. Uh, this is by far the least accessible record that we've featured on the play button so far. Um, it's... Uh, it basically breaks every convention of pop music. You're not going to find any verse, chorus, verse structures. Even his vocals are so warped and processed and low in the mix that it's really just another instrument to color the, the kind of sound collage in some of these tracks. Um, that being said, he has um, garnered some popular... Uh, acclaim for his work on uh, two Safdie Brothers films, so um, the films uh, Good Time and uh, most recently Uncut Gems, starring Adam Sandler. Uh, he did the score for these two films, very, very critically acclaimed both the films and his score, uh, and he adds a very unique touch to these films. Um, another interesting aspect that I saw with this new album is The Weeknd is actually an executive producer and he's featured on one of the songs um so i guess just to to kick kick things off um how do you peter approach experimental music i, I know that you have listened to a fair number of experimental artists but it really kind of you know needs a refocusing of of you know how your brain approaches it because you're not going to find the same things that you're going to find on a pop record yeah, an album like this is very ADHD. There's a lot of samples being thrown at you all at once, and it's very choppy and disjointed. And yeah, for the average listener, uh, that's going to be a little jarring. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I try to let I try to let the album just um, just come at me. And I, especially on albums like this, I can't have any distractions. I just need to listen to it as it's meant to be played. Right. And usually over the course of two to three listens, something will jump out at you each time. That's what I find with this music anyways. Mm. Is uh, I was going to ask, you said The Weeknd was his friend or like, or like he knows so, him? Yeah. So I think uh, they actually met um, while working on the film Uncut Gems because The Weeknd uh, stars as himself in that movie. And I think that's where they met. And then uh, clearly they're, you know, they had an interest in collaborating together further. I uh, promised you I'd watch that movie before the review and then work out in the way. So that didn't happen. I, I recommend everyone watch that movie because it's it's actually excellent. Yeah, I do want to I do want to watch it um, overall, though. I, I did find the album, you know, as disjointed as I was explaining. Um, there's definitely some moments here where I think he's onto something, though, mm -hmm. um, when he actually crafts like a song. Right. Um, even if it's sample heavy and all over the place, if he's crafting a song, I thought I enjoyed it a lot. Um, some some ones that stuck out to me were I don't leave. I don't leave me anymore. That's one of the songs. Yeah. And then uh, Lost But Never Alone. I also liked um, I like the uh, the uh, the flurry of violins and airy vocals on Long Road Home, which I think he's made a music video of now. Um, it feels very urgent and adventurous. Um uh, there's a there's a couple tracks here where I I, I kind of saw what he was doing and could see through the the sample heaviness, but um, 
it was like four or five different interludes with just samples of radio stations playing in and out. Yeah. Was it was a little all over the place. It seems like he was in his interviews. He talks about like, oh, I just wanted to make an album of where my mental state is at right now. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's where your mental state is. Then I... It's very difficult to kind of properly assess an album like this because it's just so abstract. I think conceptually, I think it's a really cool idea because um, just in the title alone, you can tell that that theme of radio is just all over this record sonically. Um, and like you mentioned, those kind of short interludes of just randomly sampled kind of radio uh, noises. Uh, so there's four interludes all called Crosstalk, Crosstalk 1 through 4. And the idea behind that is each one of those samples is actually real life sample, sam- is actually a real life sample from a radio station at the time of a radio station changing formats. So from time to time, radio stations, you know, they might be an all talk news station and then they switch over to pop. So that's what all of those interludes are pulled from. And I think thematically, that's a really interesting idea because it's talking about this, you know, massive shift in, in, um, yeah, like phases of like your life, I I guess, you know, I I think that's kind of where, what he's going for. Um, I think, yeah, like you mentioned, some of the songs that you mentioned, those are, you know, probably the most accessible on here. Uh, the the song that features The weekend, No Nightmares, is probably uh, the most accessible one here. Um, and I thought it was really great. Like, I, I, I think it's very random that The weekend was featured on this album to begin with, but I think his vocals work with it. I think uh, the very kind of, like, it's almost it's almost like a cheesy 80s vibe, but it's done in this kind of warped, unique way. Um, so I enjoyed that track. Towards the end of the album, I thought it was getting a bit abstract and, and you know, veering into that kind of noise realm. And it kind of reminded me of like early Animal Collective where it's just it's 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 pretty tough to sit through. Did, did you get that? I, I was actually thinking about Animal Collective a lot when I was thinking about it and listening, and I was like, I don't want to make the Animal Collective comparison because <laughs> you know that band better. Um, but yeah, I felt it a lot in just how wacky and experimental it was. Um, talking about the Weekends track, No Nightmares, it felt like um, it actually felt very similar to his album this year, After Hours. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been off that. Um, although, as much as I did like the song, I felt like um, Daniel had one of the most strongest musical weapons at his disposal on this song and he didn't really let the weekend you know out mm. he, it felt just a little tamed when you told me the weekend was on the track i was like this is awesome this sounds great and then when it when i heard it i knew it was him but it sounded more subdued and and i'm sure that's what he was going for it just felt like and like the one time you're gonna have the weekend on your song and he's not gonna like belt out or like hit a crazy note or something. I don't know. Maybe that was just my expectations coming to to bite me there. Um but I totally agree with the last bit there being all over the place and almost too experimental. I definitely didn't need to hear a minute of birds chirping on wave idea. <laughs> I didn't like the song Imigo, um, with the the, like jarring like imagine it imagine yeah, it, imagine yeah. it, listen listen i'm like it's, like it's not like a conversation i have with my mom like, <laughs> <can't get> a <laughs> fucking <word> in. <laughs> just like relax <sighs> um it, it was it was an interesting album though it was definitely of the three we've listened to and uh, are talking about today it was by far the most interesting album and i love hearing new stuff that i haven't heard before um but this was a lot of very all over the place for me yeah for sure 
finally, uh, we're going to cover Ariana Grande's uh, new album, Positions. Um, it's a big album for her, uh, coming off of arguably her strongest effort to date. I, that's debatable, but I really liked the album Thank You Next. Um, she's had quite a whirlwind of the last couple years as well, um, with uh, you know the death of Mac Miller, uh, the breaking up of the engagement with Pete Davidson. It's uh, it's been a bumpy road for her, and um, and uh, her music luckily hasn't really taken a hit. It's actually been some of the strongest music she's ever created. Uh, but here she takes a huge 180 um, and goes away from the the mega pop bangers that she's known for, and she makes a much more chill R&B style album. Um, she's always been influenced more by R&B than pop. She'll tell you that in interviews. Um, but she's never really had the, she's never really had the bravery to actually go and create an entire album of more chill, low key R&B. Um, anyway, um, uh, it's exciting that it's exciting that we have a new album from her though. Um, Kevin, do, do you, uh, <laughs> Did, were you excited to listen to a new Ariana Grande album? Did you roll your eyes? Like, um, how do you feel about this? So I think uh, so. This was a surprise release, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. There was a lead single with a week before, and then the whole album. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I would I would consider that a surprise. Oh release, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, this is. I mean, believe it or not, my first foray into Ariana Grande. Don't really know anything about her other than you know she's really popular, and I've I've heard you know, the big singles. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't really know what to expect necessarily. Um, I, 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 I come feeling a little bit confused by this album because I just don't, it seems like there's two, two completely different styles at play. Like it, it feels like half of the songs are from one session and the other half are from a completely different section. So I did not feel that this was a cohesive album whatsoever. Um, and those two halves that I picked up on were um, definitely that kind of chill. Uh, it felt like nineties inspired R and B, uh, especially in the middle section uh, of the album. And then the other half was kind of more what I expected uh in terms of you know just just kind of more like modern pop uh and i definitely i think i gravitated towards the latter i i just i'm not really interested in 90s r&b I, I just don't like that style personally i don't know if she does it really well or what um but it's just not really my thing um another thing i picked up on the lowercase song titles that shit just needs to stop I can't stand it. It's so annoying. It's so overdone. Uh, I feel like Billie Eilish was the first one to really like, not not the first one to do it, but she did it in you know on such a breakthrough album that I feel like it's it's really gotten popular. Um, but where where does this fall in her catalog for you? Like, is this actually really a big uh, change for her? Uh, it it is a big change for her. I mean, in her early works, it was a lot more like safer, like cutesy Disney Channel pop, mm -hmm. and then she kind of unhinged a little bit, started talking a lot more about love, relationships, lots of sex, which I you're definitely getting on this album. <laughs> okay, every okay, song yeah. is about sex. Yeah, I, I definitely um, I, picked up on that. I, I I don't know exactly where it stacks up just yet, but I I think that you're definitely in the majority in how you feel. I think a lot of people at first glance will find this incredibly boring, and mm -hmm. I can read it on when whenever she's mentioned on Pitchfork, I immediately go to the comments because I know there's going to be some hilarious comments in there. <laughs> but in in general, 
Uh, in general, I, I bet you people found it boring. Um, my girlfriend first listened. She's like, I don't think I like this. Mm. And I was like, I, I just kind of like cautioned both of us because I knew three songs in that what, what she was doing here was definitely very deliberate. And I knew that it was going to require lots of listens in order to understand. Um, and I thought that that was incredibly brave of her. And, and with repeated listens, I think more pops out. So while you are hearing two types of sounds here, um, I think I think overall uh, she does an actual okay job doing mm. more of a low key R and B uh, type. There's some songs like Motive and My Hair, uh, sorry Motive that revels in its simplicity, um, but others that others that don't like My Hair. Sorry, I'm reading my notes. Here. Yeah, like, I didn't like I My li- Hair. I liked liked Motive, um, didn't like My Hair. Um, both of them though were very simplistic song stru- structures that I'm sure people would find really simple and boring. Mm. But you ha- it, it's it's not attention grabbing and you have to listen more. And there's songs like just like magic or nasty that have beautiful flowery, vibrant pop tones. Mm. And even though, even though uh, the, the latter nasty is just about straight up sex, um, <laughs> it, it makes it dreamy and cute and like catchy. And you just have to listen to it a couple times before you get it. I also thought um, she has a couple collaborations here. There's Doja Cat, uh, Ty Dolla Sign and The Weeknd, mm-hmm. who we're going to talk about later. Um, did you did you feel like the collaborations um, hit the mark or were they underwhelming? Uh, I didn't feel they really added anything or took away from anything. I, I think now that I've been listening to more pop albums, I think I'm I'm pretty much come I've pretty much come to expect um, some kind of feature on these albums, but didn't really yeah didn't really do anything for me. And those songs in particular, I, I guess I enjoyed Motive, but the other two uh, that had features I, I wasn't really a fan of. Um, another thing that I picked up on, um, you know, I, I'm going to do a read through of the lyrics, uh, no matter what. And I, I have to say, (laughs) I have to say 34 plus 35 has the worst lyrics of the entire year. And I, I honestly, like when I read the lyrics, I was in shock because I just could not believe that it was such a juvenile joke on 69, 34 plus 35 is 69. And it honestly feels like I'm in like a Reddit comment thread when I read those lyrics. Like I just I can't believe it. The song's perfectly catchy. It's fine. Nothing wrong with it. But my God, the lyrics are horrible. She she can have some spotty lyrics here and there, unfortunately. Um, it's even on the song "Just Like Magic," which I said I loved. Uh, the lyrics really drag it down, right? She says, you know, "Just like magic, I'm attractive." Um, you know. It's it's it, she's not really she's not really winning herself uh, many friends here. It's kind of a little bit of snobbiness. Right. Um, I and she's always had that in a little bit of her music, but I, I found that the lyrics on this one in particular dragged it down even further. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the collaborations though. I know you said they didn't do anything for you. It's because they're softer ballad songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that when people were seeing the weekend and Ariana Grande, they were expecting something huge. And right. once again, I felt like people needed to just curb that expectation and just just let the song envelop them and i thought the two of them have beautiful interplay here um it's a very touching and passionate love song with some violins the one with ty dolla sign i knew what i knew what kind of song that was going to be ty dolla sign always does smooth r&b features (laughs) that one was no surprise but uh anyway um yeah i i can see why people i can see why people might not like this one but uh they they needed to give this one more time. And I, I wonder if this will be a good move for Ariana Grande commercially. I'm not sure mm. yet how it's going to all play out for her. Well, so I, I guess the one thing that really, that I still just don't 
I can't wrap my head around is I agree with with, you know, most of what you said. I, I, I feel like I didn't like this album as much as you did. But the last song, POV, is truly excellent. And I, I just don't know where it came from because I just love the vibe. I love the production, the like flowing water sounds. And then strangely enough, the lyrics are fantastic. They're they're so like they're poetically written, they're clever, uh, and the lyrics are just so beautiful, especially for a pop song. And it's just this idea of her saying that she wish she could see herself from the point of view of somebody uh, of her lover or partner because they love her so much. So she just wished that she could, you know, take herself out of her body and see herself from this other point of view. I thought that was a beautiful like idea, very, very cool way to end the album. And I love that. I wish that more of the album sounded like that. Um, so yeah, I just left, you know, I was like, I tracks one through 13. I was like, I don't like this at all. And then track 14 hit and I was like, holy crap, great song. So, uh, a little confusing, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's my intro to Ariana. That is a very deep cut from Kevin that he noticed. <laughs> Not a song I would have picked out, but uh, that's interesting. <laughs> All right, let's uh, wrap up our thoughts on the three albums before we get into the topic. Uh, the first album we covered was the new Sam Smith album, Love Goes. Like I said, if they could have kept the momentum going after song three, uh, this would have been a hell of a pop album and maybe the first time I've liked something from them. but. It's a steep drop after that, and it never recovers, so it's an easy pause for me. This, uh, this could be a groundbreaking moment in uh, Play Button history, um, because I really, really did not enjoy this album. I, I just didn't see many redeeming qualities in it. Uh, I, I didn't think the music was necessarily bad, but sometimes mediocrity and blandness uh, just turn me off even more than, than outright shitty music so uh for the first time i'm going to give this an eject yeah so that's uh that's a good point i was wondering if we ever were going to pull it out but yes there's play pause and if you really hate something the eject button yeah. and i was wondering if uh kevin had forgotten that he could actually use i that went there album. i went there so sam smith has the honor of being the first one yep um and uh moving on to our second album uh, the latest from experimental musician One O Tricks Point Never, the album Magic One O Tricks Point Never. Um, as we discussed, it's a very experimental, uh, very difficult to listen to album, uh, just because it's so abstract. Um, this is, you know, it's not really easy to review it in any kind of coherent way. Um, I have listened to, you know, a bunch of experimental music in the past, but. Uh, I just feel like it was a little too, um, you know, all over the place, which is what you would expect anyways, but it's just not something that really, I feel like with music like this, it needs to be more about the vibe uh, and it's more about a feeling um, than any kind of objective, um, you know, connection you have to it. But for me, I just didn't really get that, uh, that feel or that vibe. So it's a pause for me. Oh, we're we're breaking hearts all day today. I, know. I it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pause for me too. Like I said, it's it was a challenging and very interesting listen, and I actually appreciated that about mm -hmm. it. Um, but the 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 times where I felt like it was coming off, um, in sound and actually becoming something else were few and far between. There were some moments, 
but it was so all over the place that it's tough for me to really figure out whether I'd want to come back to it and listen to it in full. I might be able to pick out like one or two songs I'd want to listen to again, but uh, just a little too all over the place for me, so pause. Uh, and then the last album we covered is the new Ariana Grande album. Yes, Peter does enjoy talking about Ariana Grande. And yes, Kevin Kevin actually gave the album a couple listens. Um, and uh, for me, um, I was I literally it feels like I'm protecting a weak child from schoolyard bullies and, and the masses for making fun of her on this one. Um, I totally get why people might not like it. I totally get why people think it was boring. Um, but I think this was a brave move on her part to do something different and distinct and not just make the same album again. And this one just takes more time. And overall, uh, there's some silly lyrics, but overall, I actually think it's a good album and it stacks up probably in the middle range of her, of her discography so far. So it's, it's a play from me. Uh, if you were just even surprised by that. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I respect it. I, I, I don't think it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's an easy, you know, she's just kind of, uh, mailing it in. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was interesting, but yeah, it just didn't really appeal to me too much. Uh, I felt a bit, bit disjointed in sound. Uh, the just horrendous lyrics in 33 plus 34 also turned me off. Um, but then, you know, beautiful song in POV to end it. So, uh, overall not bad. I, I liked it better than, you know, black pink, which is, you know, the other kind of mainstream pop, uh, record that we reviewed. <laughs> um, but you know, overall, I, I don't really feel like I'm going to, you know, be blasting this, uh, uh, in the future. So it's uh, going to be a pause. We'll just move on to the topic, and the topic is The Weeknd himself. Uh, he was present on two of the albums we actually talked about, a feature on Ariana Grande's and also on One O Tricks Point Never's album as well. So it just got us thinking. Uh, we want to just lay out our thoughts about what we think of him. Um, he's he's catapulted the Toronto music scene and been a huge uh, representation for, uh, for Toronto in general um, and has had a very successful career so far. Um, yeah. I don't know. We were just going to talk about him. Kev, what do you think of The weekend? Um, So I guess, you know, it's not only Toronto, but I think Scarborough in specific, um, because he is from Scarborough. Um, I grew up in the north end of Scarborough. Uh, Peter doesn't like to admit this, but he grew up in the extreme corner of Scarborough. Um, so, you know, we've, we've got we've got some connections here. Um, I think he's probably the most famous person from Scarborough ever. Um, the, I was thinking of some others, like number two is probably Mike Myers. Number three might be like the bare naked ladies, but other than (laughs) that, yeah, he is. And I, I, I guess, you know, because we're in Toronto, you know, obviously he's massively popular, but I didn't realize that that has translated to worldwide popularity, um, in that he's now going to be headlining the 2021 Super Bowl halftime show, which is pretty insane. Um, you know, he's definitely more in the pop R&B sphere. This is not the, the genre. Those aren't the genres that I'm too familiar with and, and I don't really follow them too much. So forgive me if this is a stupid question, but is there a Drake connection? Like, does he owe his, his fame to Drake or did Drake kind of prop him up at the start? It's, I, I've read up on this a little bit and, uh, it's, it's not really clear because 
in a lot of cases they didn't share all the information so nobody i don't know nobody except them really actually knows okay, yeah. um but what what they do know is the weekend actually shared almost half an album's worth of songs with drake back in the day that were supposed to go on house of balloons believe it or not his his uh, original debut mixtape mm-hmm. um and there was a point in time where drake wanted him to go on the ovo uh music label that that he owns right and uh the weekend declined it and then did his own thing mm. um even though the, the weekend does say that he always said that to drake and that was always going to be the case it's not like they got into a fight and then he was like you know what drake you know screw your music label i don't want to be honest <laughs> i think it was just the weekend clearly knew what his vision was and he didn't want to be bogged down by anyone. He's obviously like a solo dude and just he had he had his idea in mind and he just went for it and he didn't want it to be bogged down by someone else's, you know, influence too, too much. Um, that's a really good. Yeah, that's a really good point, because, you know, it's clear that he he has such ambition um, and, you know, he got into acting and, you know, he has seems to have a very diverse range of interests, clearly with, you know, working with a guy like Daniel Lopatin for uh, One of Tricks Point Never. So I think that definitely uh, makes sense. He, he left home back in the day. He was just like, no, nope, well, left home and he never went back after. And then just kind of like, I think he lived around Toronto for a little bit mm-hmm. and then obviously grew and grew in fame very quickly and um, uh, laid roots elsewhere. I was going to say, I can't believe he went to Birchmount Collegiate. Oh, yeah. I literally could, I could literally walk there from my parents' place. He was at that school while I was in, I don't know, university. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway. Um, so are, are you a fan of his? Like, do you, do you like his music? Um, so originally I wasn't, I didn't get the, I didn't get, um, a lot of the hype. I like the album House of Balloons, but I actually don't like the other two pieces of the trilogy, Thursday mm-hmm. and uh, Echoes of Silence. Um, I also didn't, I also found Kissland very boring as well. Uh, but in 2015, he came out with Beauty Behind the Madness. And uh, that album is, in my opinion, the best thing he's ever come out mm-hmm. with. Um, and it kind of, for me, it, I'm sure it catapulted him commercially um, in spades after that, because it was such a big album. There's so many singles off of it. Um, but from from that point on, he was, he was definitely, a, a, he was definitely, um, a huge pop artist that I, I, I paid a lot more attention to. I think After Hours this year, his album this year, uh, stacks up to that. Um, but I, I never, I didn't really get it until Beauty Behind the Madness, believe it or not. Mm. And people are going to be like, oh, you bandwagons. Like, <laughs> his, the OG stuff is the trilogy, and it's House of Balloons, and that's the only thing that he ever made that was good. <laughs> and I disagree. I, I think he reinvented himself. Um, obviously to get, you know, more money and commercial success. I don't want to fault somebody for doing that. Um, but I thought he did it tastefully and and in his own style and it, and, um, now he just sounds, you know, a lot like a, like, like a modern day Michael Jackson would have sounded, you know? Mm. And I think that's really cool. Mm. And, and I guess, you know, one thing I'm, I'm also wondering as somebody who's not, you know, hugely familiar with his music, does he wear, um, Toronto on his sleeve in in a similar way to Drake like you know Drake has a bunch of songs that directly reference places and people you know in Toronto does The Weeknd also do that or does he kind of take a more kind of typical Canadian approach where um you know Americans might think that he's American because you know there's no clear distinction there (laughs) uh that's a that's a tough question to answer I don't see enough pictures of him or dissect his lyrics enough to know if he's like if he's repping Toronto, like 
like gear or like you know sports gear or yeah, like true. whether he talks about it and like references certain streets in the city i don't get i don't get that in his music like drake i, I think he really tries to like stay away from it um but uh i mean it's not like he's ashamed of being from yeah, Toronto yeah or anything. for sure like, for sure but uh yeah i do think um <laughs> it's funny so with all of his music about how much sex he's having and um how he hurts other people and how they hurt him and it's this destructive drug-filled ooze um i i always thought when i uh, when i think about him i always picture i think he's actually secretly very very soft and like shy and awkward mm. i think i think if if you got to know him one-on-one i think that he's i think he's just like i think he actually has feelings despite what he might <laughs> say in his songs i think he's like very easily like you know very easily hurt i think um, I started to feel this way when he when uh, he broke up with Selena Gomez and st- and then came out with this four or five song EP of sadness <laughs> and uh, and I was like oh man like you really got hurt by that day eh? and I think he's just like I think he's secretly just just very soft and sensitive and um, not the not the uh, cold hard ass that he might make himself out to be in his in his music I don't know. All right, that wraps it up for uh, this episode. We had two very high-profile pop albums and one very not-high-profile experimental album. Um, So always an interesting mix. Um, We'd like to thank you again for listening. Uh, We have just one more traditional episode left for this year, and then we'll round out the year with a couple uh, special surprise episodes. Um, So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at play button podcast for more content check out the show notes for our song recommendations and uh, keep listening thanks